Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Richard. How are you this morning? I'm pretty well, thanks. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, good. The sun is shining. I'm happy. It's a good day. It is a nice day. Fantastic. Well, good, <laughs> good to be uh, yeah, talking. Uh, yes. Here we are in June. Um, mm. Let's see, what's, uh, what's been going in, on in your world this week? Well, I have very much been enjoying walking. I think I've mentioned this in previous discussions. Yeah, this is a theme. Jack yeah, yeah it's, it's been a big thing. Around. I've been walking around Newcastle. But the thing I have just started doing is um, say you're walking along the street and then you notice this house on the street is quite derelict. Like maybe it's the paint's peeling off. It looks like nobody lives there. Maybe the yard is empty and it's just this house sitting there. Mm. And I don't stop, but I walk much slower past it, mm. totally gawking at the house. Yeah. I then go and find out the floor plan if it's listed online, if I can, you know, like realestate.com.au or something. Really? And I think about like who might have lived there in the past and how I'd renovate it or what could happen with the house if someone bought it and I don't know, like the, the backstory of the house but also like the future story. Would it get knocked down or like would you build a whole lot of apartments on that land? What would you do with it? I just really enjoy that kind of thinking, like just wow. sort of dreaming and swimming. Yeah, that, that this is, is what my dad used to do, but oh, I right. love it too. Yeah. That is very interesting. It has not occurred to me to do go on to the floor plan. Like what did you discover in a floor plan for some of these houses? Well, what's fascinating is I think some houses, in our family, houses should be built according to like good orientation. Like you want good sun, so northern aspect, northeastern aspect. You want breezes, so grew up in country Queensland, really hot. You want nice breezes to run in cross breezes across the house so the house is passively cooled. But um, a lot of houses I'm looking at, they are not oriented in the right way or the place where the sun is the nicest, they might have the bathroom. And I'm like, no, no, that's where (laughs) your living space should be. But, of course, the house was just built to – get a house on that block and and I understand that and so yeah I just I I look at things and I'd be like well if I was building that house I would have put such and such here or there now I have no building qualifications and I give a bow to everyone who actually does and I would probably be a very painful client because I have opinions without any (laughs) wisdom but it's fun to just sort of look into it. Did you ever think about doing architecture at uni or anything like that? Well, I did plan to be a landscape architect, uh, architect until one day my mum said, Joe, maybe you could be a speech pathologist. I said, no, mum, I'm going to be a landscape architect. That's yeah. what I've wanted to do. And I got all huffy in my teenage girl way. <laughs> and then two months later, I changed all my school preferences and became a speech pathologist for a period. So wow. <laughs> my mum my mom knew me well. That that sounds like another story all behind it. <laughs> that is, that is. What have you been thinking about during COVID? Well, yeah, COVID? yeah. Our our little most recent thing is we're, we're starting to, uh, Jen and I are starting to engage a bit socially with people again, mm. and so uh, we were kind of testing the waters on that on the weekend when we had a fire pit in our backyard. Oh, um, nice! Fire pit sounds like a. A more impressive word than what it was. Like it's a, it's a cheap Bunnings kind of looks like a Captain America shield on a stand. That you, <laughs> that oh, that's you funny. Just kind of put some uh, some timber in. But uh, yeah, we had some people around who were kind of like good friends. You know, we're, we're mm. very comfortable to hang around with, um, and who uh, were well healthy and um, mm. 
we so we invited them around, you know, and this was starting to yeah interact with people physically again. Uh, I think it was, I suppose it was good being outdoors. It feels like there was plenty of fresh air around. So <laughs> a bit of a, a stepping stone before we get yeah. to, um, a, you know, a big dance party in the in the living room. With a rave and emotion. With the rave and the lights and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your playlist that I was hearing about from church. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's uh, taken off. Um, so, uh, but... Yeah, so that was that was really good. God blessed us um, with a wonderful night. I think we'd waited a few weeks and when it'd been too windy or too cold, but yeah, yeah beautiful clear night, no wind, um, and uh, yeah, the the family had boys of a similar age to our, our kids, and they were, they were able to just chat around. So, oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, there was there's really no dramas, and it was just a no, nice introduction into physical human contact, hospitality, that sort of thing. Yeah, nice. I, okay, here's the serious question. Yeah. Did you use fire starter bricks or did you just go full from scratch, proper fire, chips, bit of paper, flames to the big logs? Oh, or did you use the artificial help as well? Yeah, it's a fair question, Joe. And uh, I confess I used some <laughs> fire starter thing. <laughs> I, I think 10 years ago I'd be like, no, I, I'm too proud. I will build this campfire. Um <laughs> But now, yeah, one of my greatest fears is is failing to generate a fire. <laughs> so it's better to just ensure the outcome. Yeah, <laughs> Jen doesn't care. She doesn't care if I cheat or not. So um, she's a good wife. She is. So yeah, no <laughs> cheating. And my friend asked the same question. You know, we shared the same thing. He said it's a sort of young man pride thing. Um, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And um, what have you been reading in the Bible lately? Oh, well, yeah, I've been enjoying Bible reading at the moment, just reading very very slowly through Mark chapter 6. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, verses I was reading today about um, Jesus uh, going to his hometown uh, and mm. uh, teaching at the synagogue, and um, I'll just um, read the bit where people are amazed and they say, where did this man get these things? This is verse 2. They ask, mm. what's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. Mm. And... Uh, I was just reading that story, just reflecting on like the rejection that Jesus faced, um, which you know ultimately culminates at the cross, and, and he was, uh, yeah, when the religious leaders, nations, everyone rejects him and expresses that through crucifixion. But even just here today, it's it's not his enemies that are rejecting him; it's not strangers. Mm. Um, it's his family. It's the people he grew up with. It's the people down the street. Um, mm, mm. How personal that would have been. Mm. If he would have known their names and known who he was, they would have known him and he would have known them. Mm. Yeah, this like Capernaum, I think um, it would have been a small town. Um, mm. Joe, you know, you know small town dynamics. I, I do know small town dynamics. <laughs> you, when you walk down the street in Roma, you you know people, right? That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, mm. And that, but it didn't stop him in his ministry. Like, um, yeah, he persevered. He kept teaching about the kingdom of God. Kept teaching the gospel. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. So we don't really get a, it's not like an insight into the inner life of Jesus here, but you imagine that must have, that must have hurt to have um, mm. that personal re- rejection, not, not to give him a hearing, not to give him, mm. not to generally think that God could be at work here in this man. So, mm. Mm. particularly when they're asking, they're acknowledging that he has wisdom. It's not like he's just saying nothing. He's, where's this wisdom? Mm. Like, where's it? How's it, how's it been given to him? So he's obviously doing amazing things in front of them. He's doing miracles, and yet they're just not seeing God there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I guess for me that sort of personalizes Jesus once once again, like, mm. um, and maybe an encouragement and a challenge to me in evangelism and ministry, uh, not to get phased by rejection if if my Lord and King faced it. Um, yeah. Why, why should I not expect that? Mm. This is a bit of a tangent, but that sentence, aren't his sisters here with us? Yeah. Are there any other references to Jesus' sisters? Uh, I can't think of many others. No, I don't think so either. There might be parallel accounts of this passage in Luke and Matthew. Matthew. But, yeah, um, yeah no, it does uh, look like he has sisters, a larger family. Hmm. So. You know, I've never noticed that before because you, you hear of the women who were at the, the crucifixion mm. and went to the tomb and the significant women, you know, the women who, um, the woman at the well. and Yeah. Um, yeah, loads of interactions with women. Yeah, but, yeah, Jesus' sisters. Yeah, we don't know. <sighs> well, so, I hope you enjoy that for the rest. Uh, are you going to keep going till the end of the book or are you just going to go for a while? What do you think? Oh, you're... just in, in Mark 6. I'll go through slowly a few verses at a time and, you know, just reflect on that. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Hmm. Sounds good. And, uh, yeah, Joe, tell us about what uh, what ministries have you been up to lately? Yeah, well, I think one of the standout things that have happened in the last couple of weeks is being able to get back into face-to-face one-to-one Bible reading has been so good Yeah. because one thing I really love doing is getting out. I've got this series of maps that I had laminated. Some of them are A3 and some of them are A4, so oh, pretty wow. standard. Yeah. Yeah, and I carry them around with me and I've got some timelines and things as well, but the maps are the things I love Yeah. Um, because a few years ago I realized I had no idea who the northern kingdom was, who the southern kingdom was, Israel and Judah. Mm. Who took over which? And I always always get them mixed up, and <laughs> I realized I needed to get a handle on that. Yeah. So I worked out. Oh, okay. So the Assyrian kingdom they crushed the northern kingdom Israel, and I worked out that the southern kingdom was crushed by Babylon. That's Judah, and that here's my little life hack, by the way. Yeah. I Israel Judah J I J. That's alphabetical from from top to bottom. Yeah. A to you know, I to J. The same goes for N S Northern Southern. Yeah. And Assyria and Babylon, A-B. Oh, so wow. So all our fails go alphabetical <laughs> from top to bottom. That However, is very neat. Thank you. There is an exception. Yeah. The exception is the capital cities because the capital cities go from south to north because Jerusalem is the capital of the northern, the southern kingdom, Judah, and Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom. Yeah, yeah, one exception. Well, that, One exception. That would north. have been yeah, yep. a big deal <laughs> if it were all lined up. I know. I looked at it and I thought, oh, that's not good. But anyway, the thing that I have discovered in the last couple of weeks as I've been reading the one, um, one-to-one of people in the Old Testament is how much the tribes of Israel, when you look at them on the map, it really helps you to understand them a bit more. And as you're reading through, so I've, I've been reading 
Isaiah with someone and then reading uh, 2 Samuel with someone else and Ezekiel mm. with someone else mm. and the start of Isaiah with someone else and, yeah, two lots of Isaiah. It's been amazing. And when you're trying to put things in context, you go back and you go back to – so we were looking at the Philistines at one point and realising the Philistines go back to Genesis and mm. all these things. But one of the big questions we had was, hang on, if the southern kingdom has two tribes, Benjamin and Judah, mm. in the maps there's Simeon right down the south surrounded inside Judah. So yeah. where does Simeon go to as a tribe? Like what happens to them? And the only reason we started asking that question was because as we were reading, as this girl was reading Two Kings in her quiet time and that came up later in our Samuel readings, mm. she was saying, well, what's the southern kingdom and where does Simeon go? And then another girl was asking, well, who are Ephraim and Manasseh? They are not sons of Jacob. And so mm. that got us into the half tribes of Joseph. And, yeah, it's been really enjoyable to see to look something up, say it's the actions happening in Hebron or Bethel, look it up and then think, oh, hang on, that's in the tribe of Benjamin or there's Simeon and Simeon's not there. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think having these maps has really enlivened our conversation to make us realise that this text is Old Testament history, Old Testament is history and there, there are real places and yeah, help us picture it more. And it's been very invigorating. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I love it. I think maps are so important. I'm a natural yeah. map reader. Like if I'm ever travelling to a place, I just spend time looking at the map, uh, getting orientated. Ah. Um, mm. If I'm reading a news story and I don't know where this is, I will look up a map, uh, mm. which just naturally orientates you. And then, yeah. yeah, like you say, it's sort of like a gateway into all these different parts of the Bible, different mm. passages. Um, mm. Yeah, as we were reading 1 Samuel, we were thinking about how David was in a cave and we went and looked up the cave on Google and what it looked like. Oh, really? And so you could picture, because we found it on the map where it was. Um, oh, no, it was um, the En Gedi, the En Gedi. Yeah. How do you say that? En Gedi? En Gedi is good. Yeah. And then we looked it up and you could picture what it looks like. And some other caves that David was in. Anyway, it was very enjoyable mm. to find it on the map and then to go and look it up. And yeah, mm, strongly recommend. There's a web page to recommend to people: www.visualunit.me. It's excellent. Good maps. Yeah, um, good job on the laminating. Are you a Thank keen, you. Are you a keen laminator? Like, do you laminate? I actually, <laughs> I got someone else to laminate them for oh, me. Oh, really? <laughs> I think there Sorry. are people out there who just love laminating. Yeah, I'm not one of them. I get bubbles <laughs> and then I get frustrated and I feel like I've wasted all my energy on bubbles in my laminating. So You have yeah. a, a laminating friend who does your laminating for you. That's right. Does Jen like <laughs> does Jen like laminating? She seems the kind of person who would do a good job of laminating. Uh, she probably would, but no, yeah. we, we don't okay. have any laminating things around the house. So <laughs> Anyway, well, we're out of time. <laughs> it's been really good talking with you, Joe. Thanks, Richard. Uh, enjoy your maps. Enjoy the weekend. I'll yep. talk to you next week. Sounds good. See ya. Bye.